You're listening to Several Ways to Live. This uh, used to be a podcast about Mexican food and culture and life in Mexico City. So, um, I, Florian, used to meet my friend uh, Nicholas um, from time to time. And we meet in a Mexican restaurant, a restaurant in Mexico City, and have good food and talk about the food and life in Mexico. So, but that's not anymore because we both, neither of us lives in Mexico anymore, which we both are happy about and regret at the same time, I think. So, um, nowadays we don't, no, 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 I, no, I no, 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 no. Nowadays we, we we will we will figure out what this thing is eventually. Nowadays I think it's a Burning Man. It it it, it almost it's becoming a Burning Man podcast, which is interesting because I have no idea about Burning Man except for what I hear on this podcast. So what 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 do you think, Nick? I was going to go back and say that I I'm not happy about not being in Mexico. <laughs> I. I uh, we always think about different realities and uh, this would be a good point to mention that the Burning Man theme for the first virtual Burning Man, because Burning Man, the actual physical event, like many other things in our world today is not happening in 2020. The theme even before the Tom Hanks situation was the multiverse. And thinking about the idea of the multiverse and wondering, well, in some multiverse somewhere, we both stayed in Mexico. One of us stayed in Mexico. One of us didn't. Mm -hmm. And while I don't, my general philosophy on life is to not have regrets per se. My intent was when I left Mexico, my intent was never to leave Mexico permanently. It just so happened that that was the right thing to do. And oftentimes we call it the right thing to do because it's hard, because it's not something that we would have wanted. It's not something that if we were the only consideration in our lives, we would have done. But nonetheless, given the circumstances, given one's ethics, given one's responsibility to one's family given one's responsibility to the earth, given one's code, mm -hmm. whether or not you believe in it, every person has a code that they live by. And if by your code, the right thing to do is not the thing you would have wanted to do, then I hope after careful contemplation, you would have done the right thing. And in my case, the right thing to do was to stay here in Michigan, take care of my parents and that's led to a certain set of circumstances right now <laughs> that we've that we've uh, that we've discussed adequately and I'm happy in my present life I'm much happier now than I was I guess a year ago mm -hmm. in being here you you do I, I, I've told you this before you do look look happy and you do look better uh, every time we talk Catherine asks me how does he look is he good how is he And I can tell you her, hey, looks really good. Except for the hair. We will not mention the hair. 
You look really good, by the way. I, I like this new glasses-free look. This glasses-free stubble all-around look. I'm liking it. It's still just a shock because I'm used <laughs> to your beard and your glasses, and now you have neither. Yeah, so the glasses are gone for good. The beard will come back. When I right. told I'm thinking of shit. Go ahead. Mm -hmm. um, so Catherine does not like the look at all. She's she's furious with me. Uh, so I have to grow back the beard, and I want to grow back the beard. But first, I want to really learn how to close shave myself perfectly. And when I've managed to do that, I'll grow back the beard. See, Kristen loves this, as you described it, creepy hair. And when, when I look at my hair, I, I think I look creepy too, to be totally honest with you. I don't like it, but you know what? She likes it. And given that she's the mother of the child right now, she, she's got a, uh, you know, mm -hmm. she has preference. <laughs> and doing the right thing, um, in contrast to you, I was happy to leave Mexico. Um, I, I think we've, no, I, I don't think we talked about that before. But I, the last year in Mexico, I knew I had to leave that place um, for multiple reasons. Uh, I was really fed up with the traffic and the noise and so many people. And But the after the earthquake, I told you this before, um, I uh, pretty much the whole time there, I was, anytime I heard a siren, of any kind, I thought, okay, the earth is going to shake now. And that was not, it don't look like that. I, I have told you this before. Um, that was permanent. So, to, I, so it was, I was scared. And this actually continued for many months after returning to Germany. So whenever I heard an, a siren, um, I remember being in that uh, stupid um, student apartment where I lived for two months and I heard a siren and, and I thought, okay, uh, how am I going to get out of this building now? And the next thought was, okay, remember you are in Germany, you are in Mannheim. There's nothing's going to happen here. But I had to, you know, my, my intellectual mind had to remind the rest of my body um, that it's not gonna shake. There's not gonna be an earthquake. And that was, I, I fear that was a big part of why I was happy to leave. I, I wasn't happy. I, you know, we, there, we have, we still have very, very good friends in Mexico City. And uh, I want to see them. And we can see them because we can come visit. But I do not want to go back and live there. I can see that. I can definitely see that. But I miss going to the fish taco place and sit down with friends and have a few uh, beers and have many more fish tacos or and, um, sit out on the street, talk, and eat and drink. 
uh, or going to to the Pacific Ocean, going to to our favorite beach in uh, Masunte, because um, those are great places with great food. Yeah, I definitely And miss Puerto Escondido. I can't yeah. wait to go back to Puerto Escondido, but I, I'm not sure if. We became too used to being able to travel all around the world at will, and I think one mm -hmm. of the one of the things about the Tom Hanks situation, as we're calling you, it, or wait, mean, is it Tom Hanks mean, or the Tom Hanks? Uh, it's, it's Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks. Okay, I know. As one of the things about Tom Hanks is. Should we get into that? Because is it the Tom Hanks virus, Tom Hanks, or the Tom Hanks situation? Oh, it's it's just. I think I I would just you know this. It's the Tom. Just Hanks. Tom Hanks. The, okay. the Tom, Hanks. Tom Hanks. How about how about we just say T Hanks? No. Okay, Tom Hanks. No. Uh, one of the things about the one of the things about Tom Hanks is we have to really look at how we're going to reapproach the world. There seems to be three kinds of people. One, people who yearn a return to the normal, a return to the way things were. And the second kind of person is the kind of person who believes that things are bad but cannot imagine an alternative. third kind of person, the kind of person that I strive to be is how do we reimagine the world mm -hmm. in a way where we're not creating as much environmental destruction and we're creating much more anti-fragile, resilient communities close to us where we can prove we're at where when the worst things happen, when supply chains collapse, where we can provide for our own needs within our own communities in a local way that's not reliant upon a global supply chain. And I don't have all the answers yet, but now while we're in our homes because of Tom Hanks is a time to imagine that, is a time to think about it, and is a time to run the mind experiment and start gathering people that we want close to us in order to do these things. So I... Did have this topic in mind for an episode for for a long while. Um, the question was much simpler or much broader. I don't know. Um, where I was thinking about, okay, I, I heard you talking about, you know, you returned to uh, Michigan and you started gardening, and I view gardening as as a skill. And uh, in a, in a changing world, I mean, we had an episode about the end of Western civilization, as we know, and in in uh, in a world like that, gardening is a really nice skill to have, a very, very a vital skill. Um, I remember thinking about that. I mean, that was two years ago, I think. And so I, I've always wanted to ask you about the things that you do to prepare for what may ahead, uh, lie ahead in the future um, so um, this is where we're going right I think this is where we're going um, and also 
I definitely have started, um, maybe started last year uh, for real without getting any results, um, thinking about now what, sh what can I do? Because I, I, I saw that the, the world is changing and it's not going to stay like we know it right now. And, and I was starting to think about what can I do? What should I do to, to prepare myself, to prepare my, my small family, maybe prepare more than just my family um, for what's ahead without knowing what's ahead. I mean, last year I was thinking about, um, hey, there was one day uh, last year where um, in Heidelberg, which is, you know, it's 25 kilometers from here, there was no water for a day. Um, no water for a day in Mexico City is nothing. It's normal. Nobody thinks about that. Um, but in Germany, that is a really big deal because nobody is prepared for that. So, and that was the last row for me to start um, stacking up on on fresh water. Just have a uh, um, have like 60 liters of fresh water, which is not a lot, but it's uh, it's enough for a few days in my home because that's what we did in Mexico. Because uh, in Mexico, there. are It can always be the case that you don't have water for two days. And uh, so we had water in our home just for, uh, you know, for emergency cases. Um, so I started to think about um, what should I do? What can I do to prepare myself uh, and for whatever is going to happen? I did not get far with this, with this thinking, but I know that you have the same thoughts and you do stuff and so i've always wanted to ask you about yeah what 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 should we be doing or what can we do to uh to prepare for the world that you started to describe there's there was the pre-tom hanks way of thinking about it and i think the mm -hmm. post-tom hanks way of thinking about it the pre-tom hanks way of thinking about it was mostly people who knew something was going to happen, who knew that the system as it was, as it in many ways still is, is unsustainable. And I think our experiences in Mexico City informed that between what happened during the earthquake, between not having water, Sometimes not having electricity, sometimes things not working. In Germany, to a similar extent in the United States, Western Europe, people are used to things just working. The toilet will flush, the light switch will turn on, and that nobody gave much of a thought to it. In Michigan, there was an example this past winter where because of a series of accidents during a very during one of the coldest times of the year, they said, look, we don't have enough natural gas to supply people in these areas. Please turn down your thermostats or oh, the natural yeah. gas might run out. That's the, what the we gas hear from in the, in the Ukraine, state. you know, when Russia gets angry with Ukraine, then that's what, you know. <laughs> right. But, but that's, that was, that's a little bit more theoretical here. There were, and, and the response you could see 
both ways. People were not, people did not think that that was a resource that could run out. Their thinking was, oh, I pay for this. I'm going to turn up my thermostat. I'm going to make it, you know, 30 degrees in my house, up 30 degrees Celsius for those of our listeners in the United <laughs> States. Um, that's referring to a temperature that's approximately, um, well, actually, let me do this stuff in my head. So that's, that's in the 90s because yeah. the simple conversion when going from Celsius to Fahrenheit is you double the simple conversion. Okay. You double it and add 30. So oh, 30 good. degrees good Celsius yeah. doubled is 60 plus 30 is 90. So 30 degrees Celsius is roughly 90 degrees Fahrenheit. Yeah, it's actually 87. I said roughly. I think. This yeah, is a I know, simple I know, I know. But yeah. I will, I will, I'm so happy that I still can uh, do calculations in my head while listening to you talking. Although I didn't hear anything of what you just said. So no, I okay, can't that, do. I, I'm not. I don't do multitasking. Okay. The so. the physicist the physicist <laughs> flow comes back uh, from, yeah. but and and that's the first part of it. I think now, thanks to the Tom Hanks situation, I believe that the can I use the term zeitgeist? It's an American term, I think, by now, because nobody uses it in Germany. Okay. Of course, it's a German word, but, but yeah, right. yeah, we can use the word zeitgeist, sure. That people are, are now aware, oh, these are all things that can run out. Are they? Of course, everything, every resource in your life is something that has to be... No, I mean, are the somehow, people aware of it? Well, it, it's one of the things where on a, we have a call every day at 11, 11 Pacific time, uh, 2, 11 in the afternoon, Eastern, U.S. Eastern time, 8, 11 European summertime, uh, where we just get together and talk about various different things. There's a seating initiative that we're doing now that we're talking about, but one of the things in that podcast, uh, somebody in Tijuana somebody who lives in Tijuana. We were going to do an event in Tijuana, this border feast where we is at friendship burners, burners without borders, without borders. Yeah. burners without borders. And I also encourage everybody listening to join the burners without borders Wednesday call that happens at five o'clock Pacific time. That's going to be a little bit late for our friends in Europe, unfortunately, but I don't know. Some people stay up. I also saw Bobo. I checked my phone very briefly, <laughs> and I was—I I had mentioned Bobo in our pre-recording segment. Now Bobo's uh, uh, Bobo pinged me on Mastodon or on the Fediverse. How, okay, what's the proper term? Now this is the terminology episode. What's the proper term for referring to communications via the Mastodon? Not you tell me. I don't know. Yeah, that's the. True answer to me. I only use Mastodon, and I know that it's the Fediverse is more than that. But I only knew Mastod. I only know Mastodon. And when I talked to Catherine about me speaking to people on the internet, uh, I uh, she now know what Mastodon is. We could always just do buzz marketing for chaos.social, which I don't think you can join. Yeah, but you can, if you listen to this podcast, you can ask us 
each one of us, you know, Nick, you, Nick, and me, Florian, to to send out an invite. That's possible. Oh, we can. Yes, we can generate invites. Yes. Okay, we don't need to. No, invites are open again. Awesome. Yeah. I did not know that. Also, thank you to Leah, and I forgot the other person who runs Chaos.Social. Oh, yes, Rick's and Leah. Thank you so much for continuing to provide that service for us in the era of Tom Hanks. Getting back to, I, w- I was meandering a little bit. Just a bit. So I do work with, Bur- just a bit. I do work with Burners Without Borders, and I've gone to two events out at Fly Ranch. I'm also involved in Fly Ranch. That's part of, to get back to your original question, when I came back from Mexico and started working on these Zanes, the the big thing that I wanted to focus on was land stewardship and food. Mm-hmm. How do we care for the environment? How do we provide for local regenerative ways of providing sustenance to people? And so I got involved in the Nature Center where I live in Grand Rapids, and that's how I met Kristen. Kristen is the master naturalist of Blanford Nature. Well, is for the next eight weeks, according to PPP funding, the master naturalist for Blanford Nature Center. And is probably going to be laid off after that. And started working at the Blanford Farm. And most of what I was, most of my hours at the farm were weeding. And weeding at a farm that, a weeding at a no spray farm that doesn't use pesticides or that doesn't use anything like that. It's not an organic farm because the certification for USD organic is way beyond what a, basically small vegetable farm can do. And they grow, they have three different turns of growing lots of different vegetables. I didn't know any of this. Do you know how your, do you know how your food is made? No. Exactly. And that's one of the things about it. So I started thinking about that, got involved with Burners Without Borders. They invited me out to Fly Ranch to talk about my experiences. We talked about that two episodes ago. And out of this came just some writing. I don't write very often. I'm not a very talented writer, but I wanted to get something out. And so I wrote this piece called The Long Disaster. And I had some friends of mine edit it. We talked about it before. Or no, I talked about it on another podcast. Uh, I was featured on that podcast that I really wanted to be featured on last time. I ended up up on uh, the Life is a Festival podcast, strangely, talking about resilience in finances and i think it was a pretty good episode it it went went pretty well that's how i ended up amping up my podcast is that out yet uh set up here i don't think it's out yet no it is out it's been out for a couple weeks really life is a festival has has pushed out two or three episodes since then At any rate, I wrote this piece called The Long Disaster and sent it to the Burners Without Borders people after I put it to bed and then kind of forgot about it as tax season ramped up. And I started getting texts from people saying, hey, tell me more about this long disaster. Oh, I saw this piece. It Burners Without Borders pushed out the Google Doc to the world. Jamie Wheel put it up on their face, put it up on um, Facebook in a post Burning Man may or may not be putting it on their medium. And it's, I obviously I wrote this before Tom Hanks, that it, it doesn't address Tom Hanks at all. 
now that I'm actually speaking seriously, I want to just go back to COVID-19, but I'm, I'm no. fine with just yeah. continuing with the Tom Hanks. People got it. Yeah. It, hopefully our, our listeners will get it because yes. our listeners are special. Yes. Our listeners are special, amazing, awesome people. And I, and I love them very much. And this basically overnight, we, I put out the long or put out longdisaster.org. I should probably register the longdisaster.org, <laughs> but longdisaster.org points at this, at my, at this writing. And it talks about how do you respond to the new world in which the, the presumption of long of the original piece was that emergent crises are happening so frequently that we can't think of them as just one discrete event that whether we're talking about hurricane Katrina earthquakes in Mexico, windstorms in Germany, hurricanes, typhoons, tsunamis, droughts, droughts, drought. That's another, that's another really big thing. Mm -hmm. All of these events really are at, a certain point due to the unsustainability of the way we've as a species have currently organized the world are going to blend into one long disaster. And how do we cope with that? And so this piece of writing, I, I, I talk about various, I talk about the situation, frame it, and then think about various different gaps, the psychological gap, skills gap, resource gap, communications gap, community gap, and empathy gap. Meaning in very ethereal and very almost looking down on the earth from orbit ways of how how to respond to the new world, how to respond to the post-Tom Hanks world. One of the worst things about Tom Hanks is many people are in their houses and they feel powerless to do anything. That doing nothing, staying at home and doing nothing is right now the best way people have to respond and that doesn't work for a lot of people that are people of action people like me people like us people who want to go in and do something to address the crisis and a lot of people another thing that i'm seeing happening a lot is people are on facebook thinking like oh well i have this and i'm again i'm just another one of those bros with a conceptual framework okay yeah great um, or thinking about new ways of doing things and have big, huge, grand, amazing, awesome plans. And if everybody just followed my plan or did my thing, it would be great. No, the best thing you can do right now, it's growing season in the Northern Hemisphere. Go plant something. Figure out how to grow stuff. People often talk about whether or not they have a green thumb or not. Or, oh, they tried to grow a house plant and, oh, they killed it or they did Go and figure out how to grow a thing. This is a, an amazing thing. A, a Charles Michel, another person who I'll put in the show notes, uh, he does periodic uh, YouTube lives and Instagram lives with his father, who said, if you want to be, who, who gave this Chinese proverb or some, I, I, I don't know the exact source of this quotation, but it goes, if you want to be happy for a day, get drunk. If you want to be happy for a year, get married. If you want to be happy for a lifetime, learn how to grow plants. 
And this is the the magical thing about gar I mean gardening, farming, growing plants in general is there's very you learn how truly powerless you are as a human once you start growing things. Some things just don't grow. Maybe you overwater it, maybe you underwater it, maybe there's something wrong in the soil. There's and you don't know. Even now, there's a lot of things that happen in agriculture. And we're going to, in global agriculture, we're going to get to a point where if the people who do permaculture are correct, stuff's just going to stop growing and they're not going to really know why. Modern agriculture, where you basically have a plot of land, you have hybrid seed, you have fertilizers and pesticides, and you apply all of these things, that is probably going to stop working very soon and then what if you couldn't go to the store what would you do and there's also other things about the global supply chain where going back to my friend in tijuana going back to come come said his daughter won a chicken at school very tijuana thing you want a chicken at school and then eventually <laughs> if you feed the chicken correctly the chicken starts laying eggs they didn't want to eat any of the eggs of the chicken because the eggs came out of the chicken's butt. Where do all eggs come from? Chickens. Do you even think about that? How many people listening to this podcast know how to properly slaughter an animal so that the meat... I, there are lots of different things here that we have to consider. Um... And that we really have to start thinking about in the era of Tom Hanks and the long disaster or longdisaster.org is how I sort of started thinking about it. Mm -hmm. And it's based out of the 10 principles of Burning Man, a festival, a party, a ridiculous, a ridiculously unsustainable party that people threw in the middle of the desert informed this document where I'm thinking, how do we build a sustainable regenerative world again? So do you have answers for me now? That was I, my answer. That was. What your, was your question? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I'm going. I, I don't so, know how long I went on for, uh, but and I didn't answer your question. Okay, several ways to one, live. Where yeah. Florian poses a difficult question, and Nick doesn't answer it for 20 minutes. <laughs> I mean, of course, uh, I'm also always happy about simple answers, short answers. So the one answer that that I got out of this is learn to grow things. Um, good part of this. I mean the the real answer is you you every single person listening to this is responsible for building their post Tom Hanks world is responsible for figuring out how do we avoid how do we continue on in a more sustainable manner second answer to that is how do you find people who are with you in that concept how can you find people who are with you in building a newer sustainable more verdant regenerative world so it's One, take responsibility to find community. Three, get about to doing the thing that works best for you. 
what is a community? What is not everybody wants to garden or grow food that might not work for everybody, but then there's something there's every single person who's listening to this has value that they can contribute to the world has something that they can do. It might not be anything that they imagine right now, but if you couldn't go to the store to buy the things that you consume to stay alive, what would you do and who would you do it with and how would you do it? That's essentially the answer. I recommend learning how to grow food because I like it. Hmm. And I'll, we're going to, I don't know when we're going to, when I'm going to end up doing the show notes for this, but we have a project coming up through Burners Without Borders that addresses that. Good. Um, I don't grow things at the moment. One thing is that you, you mentioned that, well, everybody has some value that can contribute to, to this, uh, even if you don't know which it is, right? And I don't, right now, I don't know what it is. Um, I'll try to figure it out. Um, Catherine is, yeah, I, in layman terms, uh, one would say she has a green thumb. Uh, it's probably just because of all the sun that we get uh, uh, in our apartment. But um, she loves getting new plants, small plants, and then growing them hugely. So if I um, maybe I can send you some pictures of our apartment because it's full of uh, full of plants. And uh, one thing that we started this year is we have a little. Um, German, it's called Hochbeet. Uh, what is so? It's a, it's a little plot of earth on your balcony. Did so, so we have a structure there where we can. So she grows things on the balcony, and with things I mean tomatoes. I think there wasn't room enough for, for cucumbers, but so she has. I think she has her herbs and tomatoes definitely, and she grows that on one of our balconies. Like so a window box planter, or is it a balcony? Is it a pot on a on the balcony? No, it's not a pot. It's it's like a, a foot by two foot. Or yeah, three window foot. box. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, like, yeah, it's, it's, you can grow real things there. So that's that's really interesting for me to to observe. Um, I have because you mentioned permaculture. Um, and it was not the first time that I heard that term permaculture. Because so I have one friend uh, who I talked to far too too few times, but um, he lives uh, fairly nearby, and he does have a garden uh, near, near Heidelberg, and he is totally into permaculture. He's um, um, so he's trying to grow stuff there, um, trying to grow mushrooms on his trees, and um, um. I really have to talk to him more, and I have to visit him in uh, in his garden to see what what that's all about. Um, so at least I have people that do these things and and want try to do these things. And Catherine doesn't have a background in nature or in biology or in agriculture, but she she tries to to she really loves uh, doing this. Um, but so but I have you, to, you don't. Mm -hmm. You don't have to have that background. No, 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 no. Exactly, exactly. Um, but I mean, today there's still there's still YouTube, and YouTube is an amazingly rich source of of uh, information 
or uh, the rest of the internet too sometimes if you know how to search and so that's what she where she gets her information from yeah she gets she figures out okay i have this spot in the apartment where there's uh, a lot a lot of sun and then there's this other spot this she she bought a plant for the bathroom there's no sun in the bathroom at least we have a window so that's good but she so she figured out uh, she wanted a plant there she fig figured out which plant she would uh, have to to put there that it uh, grows there which is something of course you can read about it but you have to want to do that um, so I'm amazed by that and it is an amazing it is, the simplest things are often the most amazing mm -hmm. okay I have to uh, tell this one story um, please a former so I one of my ex-girlfriends um, she was a biologist, and one day she she had kind of tree or some plant, and so, which she should took out uh, to the balcony, and then she told me, okay, up here it was like a plant, maybe maybe two feet uh, two feet tall, and she told me that okay, up here I'm going to cut these. Uh, uh, leave now. It's not leaves. It's uh, these branches, right? And then what's gonna happen is that down at the bottom of the plant, there's gonna be new branches. <laughs> and I still don't know why that is, but that's actually what happened. And that was utterly fascinating. That uh, of course that's biology. That's she knew what she was doing. That's science. Um, but I'm still totally amazed that that actually worked. Why were you amazed? I mean, it, it, it is amazing. It is amazing. Mm -hmm. But it is something that is... That uh, is miraculous in a lot of ways. Um, to, in that time, I did... I was, uh, I was doing... I wasn't doing physics. Uh, it was called systems biology. So we, we tried to, to uh, model... Uh, biological processes using mathematical equations. Oh, and then in that time, I did read a bit about biology. And uh, I had this girlfriend who, who I could ask, and she always told me, okay, this happens because this and this and this and this. And then I always said, yeah, but why? 15 years ago, they did not know. No biologist knew why that was happening. They, they could describe it very well, and, and uh, but they didn't know what really happened um maybe there's no today i have no idea um well, but, well, but, here's but the thing. No, no, let me let me finish this okay go for ahead. me as a physicist who always wants a formula we want we, i wanted an equation that could describe what is happening um i saw that the equations that were involved in all this were so massive because there were so many thousands and ten thousands, a hundred thousands different factors, different things involved. And maybe one could write a big equation that could describe all this, but it would have been massive. Or because we were doing, uh, um, we didn't call it chaos theory. It was, what's, what was it called? Um, dynamic. Anyways, um, we were, dealt with you know you can also write just 
very, very simple equations and get very complex behavior, which is another way to describe chaos theory. Um, or uh, Nobody, please don't mention me on this. Yeah, it, it's... Uh, it's in the past anyways so i know that that you can uh, have very very simple rules equations are just rules your yeah? rules of what is going to happen and these rules can uh, exhibit very very complex behavior behavior and 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 this is the impression that i got from uh learning about biology um but what i also knew that the complexity of things that happen on a regular basis, it was not random, right, um, is, as you put it, magical. So from my, you know, me as a scientist looking at biology, the only impression I got was, wow, that's, it's not magic, but it's magical. So where do we go from here? I, I could do two sides myself. So where do we go from here? Well, I think this would be a great chance, if we're talking about community, to invite all of you to participate in several ways to live. How are they going to do that? Check the show notes for this episode. All you have to do, once we announce the date and time over Mastodon, what's Mastodon? That's the service where we put out most of our updates on chaos.social. On that wonderful, wonderful microblogging website powered by Mastodon, chaos.social slash several ways to live. And I'm not even sure if that's the correct address, but if you check out the show notes, we'll give you the correct address. What are these show notes? They're what appears in your podcast catcher as a title and description of the episode, occasionally with some links. We will put out when we're going to do our super fans episode, where we invite everybody to take part in several ways to live, download studio link. We'll send you the Jitsi link to where we, because when we're recording these podcasts, I'm actually looking at Flo right now. Flo's looking at me. And we'll have, it's similar to Zoom, but it works directly in the browser. There's no spyware thing that you have to download. And Studio Link works automatically. It'll probably take us two hours to get everybody's audio set up properly. And Flo, who now has professional podcasting experience, will be able to make it work. And I'm looking forward to hearing from our superfans and recording a superfans episode because we haven't done one in quite some time. It will be the second one total and the first yeah. one since Gulasch Programmiernacht 2018. Correct. Looking forward to it. And then you'll it. probably have another. And then I'm going to try to get some of my friends who were at Burning Man to record an episode and that'll be our trial run for the Superfans episode. How about that? Nice. And I'm going to talk to Nico again. I think yeah. once he answers me. I hope he's fine. I think I I have to figure out how to record my friends talking about it so that I can have... Uh, you can just uh, start Studio Link and then hit record there. 
Okay. There's a record cool. button I'll in the link. Okay. Awesome. Sweet. Now this was it, right? This was the ending. I hope it was. This is the ending. This is a wrap on episode thirty-four. I think <laughs> it wasn't thirty-four, a, right? Uh, uh, thirty-three. But who knows when this goes out? Well, whenever I do the show notes. Yeah. <laughs> and remember, we have to release two episodes at a time because that's just how we do it now. Yeah. <laughs> it's the rule. It's the rule. It's but there are no rules. <laughs> it's several ways to live. There's no rules. <laughs>